0: Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as, he, as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple and beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be unto God. This morning, for the time that is ours to share, I want to talk from the subject, the best I've got. The best I've got. Somebody shout that. The best I've got. If you're online with us, we are grateful to have you. The best I've got. We're all working with what's left. We're all working with the money that's left in the bank after the bills are paid, working with the energy that's left after the argument, working with the feelings that are still residing after the breakup. Wherever you are in life, there is something you are trying to give your best to. And if not, you ought not be giving it at all. Sometimes we want to give the rest, but not the best. Life is about giving the best. Whenever you have an opportunity to give your best, and it should be a priority of ours to give that which is our best. Don't sign up for nothing if you can't give your best. Don't put yourself into it if you can't give your best. Don't, don't try it if you can't give your best. You ought to give your best. <clears throat> and I think sometimes we think that our best is just not good enough. We make no efforts. We make no, no plans. We, we try no ways, no hows. We, we don't even do it because when we look at other people, our bests don't match up. And in the world we live in, this 21st century, There are times in life where you can watch on Instagram somebody's best and feel bad about yours. You can look on Facebook and and experience someone's best and be upset that your best is not that. Or you could just be on your job and see some people that are being their best and your best just doesn't match up to them. But let me tell you this right quick. Stop looking to match your best with someone else. Your best will never be as good as theirs because you are not them. And let me flip it this way. Their best will not be as good as yours because they're not you. And the truth of the matter is, is we have to learn how to work with the rest and make it the best. Now, I didn't grow up in this time, uh, uh, our birth. I didn't grow up in the, in the back in the day where uh, they would learn how to cook every part of the pig. Y'all know about the chitlins and the hog moths, pig feet, pig ears. Oh, y'all don't. Y'all don't know about no good eating like that. Y'all, y'all know. You know the snout. Yeah, you eat everything. You eat from the rooter to the tutor. What happened was, is folk learned how to work with the rest, because most of the stuff that 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 we eat, particularly as a culture, was discarded by other people. And we took their scraps and made a meal. I want somebody to come in here and talk to me today. Well, the truth of the matter is, is, we've learned how to take scraps and make the best out of it. The truth of the matter is, is that we all have to learn, we, have, we all have to build this muscle. And maybe it's not cooking the hog, but it is working your purpose. Maybe it's not cooking a hog, but it is engaging in your marriage. Maybe it's not cooking a hog, but it is doing that which God has called you to do. And in life, you got to do the best with the rest. Stop spending time being mad about what's left. Work with it. You ought to be be able to take the residue and change your resume. You ought to be able to take the scraps. And turn it into something significant. Life ought to throw you whatever it wants to throw you. But you have learned. How to take what it throws at you. In our text. I think this text illuminates. This ideology. I think this text shows us exactly what it means. To work with your rest. To get your best. This brother is sitting by the gate called beautiful. And this is an eastern gate. And if you can see this Jerusalem, Jerusalem is situated kind of kind of uh, at the bottom of a hill. And and so uh, what the way it well, actually it's at the top of the hill, but it's also at the bottom of the hill. So the Mount of Olives comes down, but then Jerusalem is still on top of a hill. It's a city set on the hill. That's what Jesus calls it, a city set on a hill. And, if, and the truth of the matter is, is that this man is sitting at the gate. And and the gate is called beautiful. This gate that he's sitting at is is the eastern gate. And so when people come to this gate, they had to actually climb upstairs to get there. He's sitting at the gate. He's sitting on the stairs. And while he's sitting at the gate on the stairs, he sees he gets he clocks in Peter and John. When he sees them, he says, I'm going to do what I've been doing. I'm going to do the best I can. with What I got. I'm going to ask for some money. And what I've been doing, that's what's been working for me, so I'm going to keep on working what's been working for me. I'm going to ask for some money. Okay. And so now he asks for some money, and Peter and John have an audience with this man who's lame, who's been lame ever since he's been a child, ever since his birth. And now he's got an audience with Peter and John, and he asks them for money, and Peter says to him, look at us. Look at us. And the Bible says that they looked intently at him. And he said, Peter says to him, silver and gold have I none. I don't have no silver and I have no gold. What I have, but what I have for you is Jesus. Amen. Jesus Christ of Nazarene, of Nazareth, the Nazarene. So rise up and walk. And immediately the Bible says he got his strength in his ankles that he's never had before. Got his strength in his legs that he never had before. Walk into the temple, leaping and praising God. How can we get out of this story? Some help for us. Well, the first, the first lesson, I think, that is listed here in, in the literature is, number one, that when we're trying to give the best that we've got, we've got to understand this principle. Number one, we will be plagued by problems. Write these down. I'm a note-taking, I'm a note-taking preacher, so you need to be a note-taking person, all right? All right, so write these down, plagued by problems. Truth of the matter is, verse two said that he was born lame from birth, which meant he had a good reason not to give his best. He had a good reason why he didn't have to be where he was. He had a good reason for his predicament. He had a good reason for why he was struggling. He had a good reason why. Some of us have good reasons. Some of us have some real authentic reasons why we cannot give our best. Some of us have some authentic reasons why our energy is depleted. Some of us have some real authentic reasons why we are down in the dumps. Some of us have some real reasons why we are depressed. And I am not negating the fact that you are really where you are in your situation. The quest in life is not to bypass problems. The quest in life is to exit them as soon as possible. Life will hit you. Life will hurt you. Life will bother you and you ought to accept that. You ought to accept that mama died or the problems are there. You ought to accept whatever it is you're going through. Problems are there. You ought to accept that and rest with it and deal with it. But don't stay there forever. Don't allow yourself to take up residence in your pain. Don't allow yourself to to put a new address and a mailbox at your problems. But allow yourself to feel what you feel and and experience what you experience. But as soon as you find your exit, as soon as you find your way out. I'm telling you right now, when you sign up for this thing called Christianity, problems will find you. When you say you're going to do right, wrong is right there. When you say you're going to act right, wrong is sitting right there. When you say you're going to live right, wrong will text you. When you say you're going to be right, wrong will call you on the phone. When you say you're going to do right, that cussing spirit is going to be trying to pull it out of you by somebody else. Truth of the matter is, you'll be plagued by problems, but the truth is, don't stay there long. Touch yourself and say, I got some problems. Because some of y'all won't admit it. Some of y'all will not admit it. Some of y'all lying up in here in this church. You jacked up from the neck up, toe up from the waist up, beat up from the knee up, and messed up from the floor up. You got problems, and tell the truth about it. We all have problems, money problems, people problems, this problem, that problem, whatever problem it is, we all got problems, but don't stay there. You got to figure out your way out. And, and, and if the text teaches us anything, text teaches us that this man has a problem and he has a good excuse why he ought not do anything. Yes. Truth of the matter is, text shows us that we, when we do our best with what's left, things can change for us. Yes. I don't know about you, but I need some change every now and then. Every now and then I need a breakthrough. Every now and then, I need increase. Every now and then, I need an augmentation of my reality. Every now and then, I need an upgrade. I wish somebody would praise God with me in here. Every now and then, I need some help from the Lord. We're going to be plagued by problems. It won't stop. It's going to happen. So don't let the problem get you down. Let the problem get you to work. Played by problems. Verse two. He's he's there. He's 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 at the gate. Now, Bible says that he is born with this lame issue, and his friends place him at the gate to beg for money. Yes, we got to give the best we've got, and when we do, we're gonna we gotta be number one. We're gonna be plagued with problems. That's just the reality. Here's number two. Here's number two. That we need to be positioned for possibilities. Although we are plagued with problems, we need to be positioned for possibilities. The Bible says that his friends put him at the gate called beautiful. Now, the the beautiful gate is the gate that separated the women's court from the outer court, and it was an in-between place on the east side, as we said, of Jerusalem. And so this beautiful gate was actually adorned with silver and adorned with gold. So when you came to this gate, it literally was beautiful. That wasn't just the name, it was literally beautiful. It was adorned with riches and wealth. And so this man being on the east side of Jerusalem, the other side of Jerusalem, the back side of Jerusalem, he's at this beautiful gate. He's at this beautiful gate, and I, I'm gonna submit to you for understanding is, He's not on the Jerusalem side, which meant there would be people who came in more often that knew him. Now, the text said that people knew him because of the people who come in. He's always there every day. But I, I submit to you for belief is that he's on the east side of the gate or the east side of Jerusalem in a place where he could see new people. He's not on the Jerusalem side where the other gates are, because he's on Solomon's portico. He's not on the other side where all of the most of the people come in from Jerusalem. If you go to the back of your back of your Bible, you'll see these 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 diagrams. It'll prove it to you. He's on the other side. He's on the back. Anybody ever been on the back side of life? Okay, y'all always been up. Y'all always had money. Okay, you ain't never had to have Vienna sausage. You ain't never had to have spam. I get you. You've been good. But I've been on the back side before. Been on the side where I couldn't know right from wrong. I didn't know up from down. I didn't know how to do it. I was just on the back side. I was on the rough side of the mountain. I believe he's on the back side of it because he's putting himself in a position to see some new people. Because the truth of the matter is some folk know you come. When they see you coming, they walk the other way. Y'all don't want to help me preach it here. Okay, maybe it ain't maybe you, but you know somebody, as soon as they call your phone and you see their name, you'll be like, no, nah, I'm going to put them in voicemail. Yeah. I know they want some money. I know they finna call me, talk about their relationship that they hate. I know they finna call me, complain about their job. Y'all know some folk like that? Yeah. That when you see them coming, you act like you don't see them. Oh, how you doing? You ever been in the grocery store you see somebody like, oh, Lord, let me go to the other aisle. Let me not go and make eye contact. But I believe he positioned himself in this place where a lot of new faces came so he could get some new experiences. And that helps us today is that we got to put ourselves in a place of possibility by putting ourselves in a place where we can get new experiences. Yeah, you ain't never did that thing before, but try it anyway. No, you've never been there before, but go anyway. We got to position ourselves for the possibility. This is himself by the possibilities of being placed at the gate called beautiful. Then the Bible says in verse two that his friends dropped him off. Now, my question is, I always, I always ask questions of the Bible. Whose fault is it that he's at the gate? Did he ask his friends to put him there? Or did his friend say, I'm tired of you sleeping on my couch. You got to go somewhere and do something. I don't know. Because it don't matter. See, some of us are trying to put the blame on somebody or something for why we are where we are. And we're in what we call the paralysis of analysis, where we're trying to figure out why we are what we are and where we are when we're there. And you're spending a lot of time wasting your your neurons in your head trying to figure out why you're there. Just wake up and say, here I am. And it don't matter if it was his fault or their fault. He's at the gate. And yes, you gotta reconcile the path and how it works, but don't spend too long trying to figure out why you were. With- well, if I had to listen to the red flags, I saw the red flags when we was in counseling, but I ain't say nothing. I saw, I, you know, I saw the, I saw, I saw the red flags when they, when they called me into the office. I was at the place. I, it, it was, I just seen the red flags, and the truth of the matter is, it don't matter what flags you saw. You right where you are. I wish this was on. Was this on? Okay. All right. All right. Truth of the matter is, we get into a place in our lives and we're trying to figure out why we're there. Don't worry about it, you're there. You're in it. Now you're trying to get out of it. But you got to position yourself for possibilities. Don't matter whose fault it is. He's there. And so we see that he has positioned himself for the possibilities of something to happen. He wants, he wants money. Now, this lame man is absolutely doing the best that he can. That's the best he's got. The best he's got is to get some friends to help him move to the gate. The best he's got is to ask for money so he can make his rent or do what he needs to do or get some food. The best he's got is based on the knowledge he has. He only knows to ask for money. But then Peter shows up. Now, now, now let, me, let me zoom out just a tad bit, because I've been, I've been leaning on this lame man, but there's some, you, 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 you gain clarity when you look at it from multiple angles. So we're looking at, if we're looking at it from the lame man, we're looking out and watching people go up the stairs. But let's look at it from Peter and John's perspective. Let's see ourselves walking up the stairs, and we see somebody sitting there. And now we're not the lame person, but we're the leader. Now now we're not the person that's on the ground, but we're the person that can extend some help. And so when we look at this leader and look at Peter, what is Peter doing? The Bible says he was going into the temple for the hour of prayer. Now their particular custom was to pray three times a day. They would pray three times a day, and when they prayed three times a day, they would always go into the temple. And this was no particular change but Peter and John, they were always going to pray, which meant if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to help somebody, number one, prayer needs to be prioritized. Amen. You need to prioritize a life of prayer. The truth of the matter is, is you position yourself in the right place when you are in a posture of prayer. Amen. Okay, that ain't, that, ain't holler, that ain't holler stuff. Let me tell you something. There's some stuff that only come to you by praying and fasting. And the truth of the matter is, if something ain't got to you yet, because you ain't got to God. Let me, let me say this what prayer is prayer is not just simply you're communicating with God, but it's sitting in the presence of God and letting God communicate with you. Amen. Prayer ought not just be over food, prayer not ought be just at bedtime. Now I lay me down and sleep. Pray Lord, so to keep. I should die for Pray, Lord, Lord so to take. Amen. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't all the prayer you need. You need, you need more prayer than that. You need to be praying as more, you need to have a regiment of prayer. You need to have a posture of prayer. You need, my, let me tell you something. My mama, she looking online right now. She be praying, boy, she called me. I need you to pray for this. I need you to pray for that. I said, mama, okay, I'll pray. All right, all right, I'll pray, I'll pray. And the truth of the matter is, sometimes it get on my nerve. but I'm glad she be calling me to ask me to pray. Because prayer is her posture and prayer ought to be our postures so we can be prepared for the possibilities. You know what you do in prayer? Number one, you you thank God for what he's done, but you ask God to do something else. And if you ain't never asked God to do nothing, what you looking for? So they prioritize prayer in their life. And why? because they are positioned in a place of their prayer life, they were able to meet a man who's lame. Not only do we see that these leaders are doing the best that they got, the, 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 the lame is doing the best that he's got. And so now he, they're positioned, they're on their way to the temple for prayer. But you see something else from these brothers. You see a practical presentation. What what you see from them is that they say to him, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, such as I do have, is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And what he says to him, in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. So what he does is he submits to this brother not just thoughts and prayers. What he submits to this brother is not just platitudes. He don't just submit words or what he, he don't just read scripture and lay hands on them just to pray and let him go. He does something practical to help him be better. And here it is, I need you to lean in as the church, as people who are going up the stairs and not laying on the stairs. There ought to be something that we give to people that move them from their best to a better place. And what we see from Peter and John is that they're offering this man a promotion. They're offering this man some help that's not just in his head, but he can experience it in his life. And I know y'all going to be quieter right here, but the truth of the matter is you got to help some folk, not just with your prayers, but you ought to help them in some way, shape or form. Hear me, hear me, hear me. The whole premise of the book of Acts is to talk about the acts of the Holy Spirit in the apostles. And so what Peter does is he's on his way to prayer. Chapter two says that he got the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. When you read your Bible and you go home, you read in chapter 2 that this was the best opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come for anybody. Three Over 3,000 folk got saved, and the Holy Spirit came in, and they were speaking in tongues, and they all understood what they were saying in chapter 2. Peter had just preached a soul-searing sermon f- several days prior to this, and he's back at the temple for prayer. And he's there now with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit tells him, help him, don't just walk by him and give him some money. One over their head. Truth of the matter is, is that we feel better about ourselves just throwing money out the window. Yes. Amen. Truth of the matter is, we feel good about ourselves just giving them some cash and keep on going. But every now and then, there ought to be that tug on your spirit say, come on, go with me, brother. Come on, go with me. And that's how you show them Jesus. That's how you show them Jesus and, and help them walk. That's how, you, that's how you show them Jesus and help them live. Yeah. I know y'all can't shout on this because I'm talking about how you ought to live. The truth of the matter is we got to help some folk be better in their life when we are better. No, we're on the cusp of a recession. And I know, you know, you know 401K is down and your crypto is down. I know my stuff down too. But the truth of the matter is I'm still up. I'm not the Dow Jones indicator. I'm not the NASDAQ. I'm not my my bank account. I am me. I am filled with the Holy Ghost, five baptized, and I am alive today. And as long as I'm blinking and breathing, I'm up. I don't care what my money said. I don't care what my friends said. I don't care what my family said. I'm up. Then I'm going to stay up. I'm going to help somebody come up here.